In a time of deep political division, when big tech and the far left censor Christians and stoke revolution in our country, is there any hope for America? I cannot think of a more unsettled, more dangerous time for our republic. There is growing intensity uh, to force people uh, to have to compromise their own faith and convictions. Wokeness is infiltrating public schools and people don't really know what's hitting them. I'm optimistic because I believe in a God who rescues and redeems all things and all people. Hello, I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this special program, Reasons for Hope, Why the Battle for Freedom Isn't Over. We live, of course, in tumultuous times. America's history is being rewritten. Our government is currently in the hands of those who disdain the sanctity of human life and mock God's commandments. Woke school boards, local governments, and much of the media seek to redivide America along racial lines. And the COVID-19 pandemic has lit a match to our divisions as government officials seek to strip away liberty after liberty, replacing representative government with the ever-changing dictates of medical bureaucrats. Are we here in the United States on a path of destruction like so many societies that have preceded us? Can America still be rescued? On this program, we will examine some of the key pathologies that are wreaking havoc on our nation. But you will also be encouraged as you see that there are indeed reasons for hope. As Christians stand up and act on behalf of God's truth, we begin with an investigation of the heavy-handed movement seeking to strip away the divine origin of our liberties in order to enact their own leftist utopia in the image of their leader, Karl Marx. Karl Marx, who wrote the Communist Manifesto, his theories failed. Uh, they, none of what he predicted ever happened in the way that he uh, forecast. And so some of his students wondered, you know, what went wrong? So the students of Karl Marx came up with this idea that the culture was the problem. And so you think about uh, the culture, that includes its institutions, the schools, the families, uh, the government, the system, the monetary system, that all of these things had to be changed. And that to bring about the vision that Karl Marx had for, uh, for societies, that first you had to change the culture from within. Today, Marx's concept of oppressor and oppressed is being applied racially. And white people are seen as the oppressors of those who are people of color. And if we divide them in this way, we have to simply create conflict, continual conflict, until the oppressed overcome the oppressors. And that's why critical race theory and all of these ideas of diversity studies are not intended to solve any problems. Critical race theory and outgrowth of the so-called Frankfurt School of Marxist academics in the mid-20th century is now commonplace in schools 
universities, and even corporate boardrooms. Critical race theory is something that divides Americans along racial lines. It argues that America is systemically racist, that racism is permanent. All whites are presumed to be guilty of racism that they have to renounce. All blacks are expected and believed to be victims. It is a racist theory. It is one that runs counter to our civil rights laws. That is unacceptable. And the bullying and shaming of white children because of the color of their skin, that should make all of our blood boil. As with traditional Marxism, the rewriting of history for ideological purposes is a central aspect of cultural Marxism. When you have uh, school systems uh, around the country who have adapted the uh, 1619 project, uh, in New York Times, there were 20 black journalists who came together to author what they call the 1619 project. And they identify uh, America's founding is in 1619 and not 1776. And that was the year that blacks, 20 black slaves uh, came on the shores. And they said because of America's history with slavery, that everything that developed from that capitalism was therefore invalid. You gotta understand this has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with using race as, as, a, as a bludgeon to try to destroy civic institutions in America. It is now the dominant academic paradigm on many university and college campuses, training, again, our youth to believe that America is a white supremacist order that needs to be dismantled. They want us to forget our collective memory as to who we are as Americans so that they can say America is so evil that we need a new foundation. And that foundation, of course, is cultural Marxism. Uh, you know, we just went through a summer in, uh, in 2020 and, and some of it in 2021 where we saw statues of America's founding fathers uh, being uh, desecrated, destroyed, spray painted, some of them literally physically pulled down. We've taught young Americans that those were evil men. So when they went out and pulled down the statues, they were just doing, they were just finishing what had already been done to them in the classroom. So when you begin to think about that and you think about cultural Marxism, it explains so much of what is going on in our society today. And it gives us an understanding, a fundamental understanding. I and whoever happens to be a Christian in the society where I am, we can hopefully be a voice of light, uh, not just in preaching the gospel, that's paramount for us all, but also in, in applying biblical truth to the public order. We need a revival in America. And I think if we get one of those reawakenings, then we're gonna see the kind of political change in America that we desperately need. As you have seen so far, cultural Marxism seems ascendant in America. At root is a totalitarian movement that seeks to exile God and institute a progressive regime in which traditional morality is banished. Family is redefined to the point of extinction. Racial conflict divides us and Christianity is silenced. 
Indeed, many state and local governments have recently tried to make the biblical view on sex and gender illegal. But courageous Christians have stood their ground and made a difference. Clients come to me and they come to my office when they have needs. And I'm like a GPS in a sense that I can help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Former Airborne Ranger Dr. Robert Otto served in the Army for seven years and now is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Boca Raton, Florida. So when I have a, a client come in who's dealing with uh, sexual issues, that might be pornography, I'd like to stop looking at pornography. That's not something that's helpful or productive for me or for my life or my marriage. Or if they come in and they say, I'm having questions about same-sex attractions and my faith says this, but but I have these feelings and it's confusing to me. Can you help me with that? So clients set the goals for counseling and I'm a facilitator to help reach those goals and to walk that journey with my Bible open on my desk or on my lap, speaking about what God says on those topics and helping them navigate through the challenges of life that are real. Since California passed the first ban on therapy for minors in 2012, activists have been pushing so-called conversion therapy bans across the nation. Conversion therapy is a pejorative political term. It's used to kind of convey the idea that someone is being forced against their will or being pressured against their will. These clients are not pressured. They're not forced. It's their voluntary choice to get this kind of counseling. And the counselors are professionals. I believe the current count is about 19 states have laws preventing counselors from helping children with unwanted same-sex attractions. And that's a travesty because children have areas in their lives that are confusing to them that they want help with. And if they come to counseling and they say, can you help me with this? And the counselor says, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to, that's against the law. Then that's, that's not providing care for a child who needs it. In 2017, the city of Boca Raton issued an ordinance to ban, quote, any counseling practice or treatment performed with the goal of changing an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity, unquote, for anyone under the age of 18. Ironically, the ordinance specifically does not prohibit counseling that provides affirmation to young people undergoing gender transition or struggling with homosexuality. This allows the government to come into the counseling room and tell the client that you can get any viewpoint you want to, but you can't get any viewpoint on change. And we know through the power of Jesus Christ, all things are possible and change is possible. And yet these counselors and clients under this law have been prohibited. Dr. Otto, with another local therapist, stepped up to fight Palm Beach County's ban in court with the help of Liberty Council. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals sided with them and threw out the therapy ban, maintaining that the laws violated First Amendment protections against speech restrictions and viewpoint discrimination. That's why we filed this lawsuit, and thankfully the Federal Court of Appeals agreed that this violates the First Amendment. The case is still ongoing, and there's other cases in the country still ongoing, uh, but this is a significant victory for counselors and clients. The case may yet be challenged because radical leftists seem driven to criminalize Christianity and institutionalize sexual anarchy. In January 2022, Canada passed a radical ban on any therapy that aims to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or to conform someone's gender identity 
to their biological sex, while counseling in the other direction is allowed and encouraged. The law could even be applied to private conversations between parents and children. But while many attempt the same thing in America, there is reason for hope because of courageous Christians who are willing to oppose the forces of evil. I think it is a time of testing for many Christians, and thankfully many are standing up. Unfortunately, some succumb to the pressure, uh, but it's only those people who stand that make a difference. So when it comes to the issues of sexual confusion, when it comes to gender confusion, when it comes to laws about these uh, struggles that we face as Christians to stand up for righteousness on sexual issues in our culture, God is not surprised by those, and we just need to boldly trust Him and stand on what His Word says. It is truly shocking to realize that in the United States of America, numerous laws are being enacted which punish people simply for voicing biblical views. We have truly gone through the looking glass when a counselor can be prosecuted for helping someone who wishes to be free of same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria. But Robert Otto successfully fought one of these laws in federal court. His courage and the results of his stand should give us great hope for the future. Indeed, it appears that a growing number of people are standing up to the invasion of the cultural Marxists with encouraging results, like in Virginia, late in 2021. Our own David Wright has more. Democratic nominee Terry McAuliffe appears well-positioned to get his old job back. A number of polls show him in the lead in Virginia's gubernatorial race. Democrat Terry McAuliffe's lead against Republican Glenn Youngkin is actually shrinking. A new poll from Fox News shows Republican businessman Glenn Youngkin is leading former Governor Terry McAuliffe by eight points among likely voters. In the run-up to the Virginia gubernatorial election, Democrat candidate Terry McAuliffe saw his substantial lead over Republican Glenn Youngkin drastically shrink. Despite being relatively unknown and running in a traditionally blue state, Republican Glenn Youngkin won the election, leading many to wonder what happened. Let me just say that we were shocked, pleasantly shocked, here in Virginia, uh, recent elections that went in a direction that we didn't expect. But I guess when you look at what's been happening over the past several years and a lot of awakened parents who are deeply concerned about what's happening to their students, to their children in schools, perhaps it's not that surprising. They've awakened parents who are so tired of the, you know, the radical left trying to indoctrinate children when we just want our children to be educated. Some people might think, oh, this just popped out of nowhere. But the reality is there's been an agenda, a very liberal agenda that's being pushed. There's been a concerted effort to remove parents from um, really parenting and to replace them with, with teachers and a thought the thought pattern of those that are in authority at the school district. Loudoun County, Virginia became a hot spot in the 2020 Virginia election, where parents came out in droves to school board meetings to voice their concerns. When Glenn Youngkin started aligning himself with Loudoun County parents and 
and the the Loudoun County parents who'd been arrested at school board meetings and, uh, you know, just for speaking up and who'd been thrown out of, of school board meetings just for speaking up. And that really turned the election. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. When I uh, watch the Virginia election results on election night, uh, I I know I was encouraged and and I suspect a lot of other uh, pro-family, pro-life conservative people around the country were too. Looking at what happened in this election cycle tells me that Virginia is still a battleground state, and I think it should be an encouragement uh, to anybody who's been concerned about the direction the country's moving. Yunkin, who was elected governor, and the other statewide candidates still lost Fairfax County and Arlington, but they held the, the degree of the loss down to a much smaller number. And I think the reason for that was that even people who weren't normally voting Republican uh, was were finding out about what was going on, particularly in the schools of Virginia. Virginia parents had an awakening in 2020, realizing that they must be more active in their communities, schools, and elections in order to protect their families from dangerous indoctrination. Most parents, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, whatever their background, they don't want their children taught that America is an evil place, that the founding fathers were horrible people. Uh, they don't want racism taught in the schools. And that's exactly what critical race theory is. So I think once that word got out and parents started going to school board meetings, it contributed really in a dramatic way to the election results. As we saw in Virginia, parents of all political stripes rose up in outrage over the divisive far-left ideology that was being fed to their kids in the public schools. It's a scene that's being played out in an increasing number of districts across America as parents say no to critical race theory, the rewriting of American history, and school administrations who try to hide the leftist indoctrination of their children. And we are witnessing the shifting of the tide when it comes to the issue perhaps closest to the hearts of American Christians, the sanctity of human life. The dedicated work of pro-life activists has led to cultural changes that give us more hope for the end of abortion on demand in America than perhaps at any time in half a century. This is the first real challenge to the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that declared a nationwide right to abortion. Nearly 50 years ago, the Supreme Court ruled that abortion was supposedly a constitutional right. The fallout from Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton, which were two of the Supreme Court issues decided on on the same day. When you put the two together, it allows abortion all nine months of pregnancy. Uh, for basically any reason whatsoever, and most Americans don't even know that. The result of Roe has been more than 63 million children killed in the womb through abortion. But now, in the case of Dobbs v. Jackson, the Supreme Court appears to be reconsidering the issue for the first time in a generation. Dobbs v. Jackson is historic for a lot of reasons. The 2018 law from Mississippi that banned abortion after 15 weeks was written uh, with the intention of overturning Roe v. Wade. 
And I love what I heard in the oral arguments at the Supreme Court. The, the liberal justices had such an insanely weak defense. That support for Roe v. Wade is very shallow, very misunderstood, and I think something the pro-life movement doesn't really need to worry too much about. What we do need to worry about is making our case to the American people that these children deserve life and that we have a responsibility to provide the opportunity for women to choose life for their babies when they're facing an untimely pregnancy. We've had a lot of advance since 1973 in medicine, science, ultrasounds, technology. I think a lot of people look at things like, you know, partial birth and late-term abortions and are in horror as to what's exactly happening. So I think we have a whole different uh, medical scientific paradigm right now that the Supreme Court is going to hear about. But I also believe that we are watching where this Supreme Court, with a number of different justices, you look at the reconstitution of the court as compared to what ruled in 1973, is going to feel far more comfortable saying, shouldn't this be a state-by-state -state issue? Let the different states regulate it. It is the faithful decades-long work of pro-lifers and their consistent votes at the ballot box that led to a change in the makeup of the Supreme Court that even makes it possible to reconsider Roe v. Wade. There has been already extreme reaction from pro-abortion groups. They know that their whole abortion empire, the abortion case law in this country, is a house of cards. They know it can't hold together logically. Um, even pro-abortion scholars, legal scholars, have criticized, been very critical of Roe v. Wade and how the, the case was decided. Um, you know, inventing this right to privacy that means the right to end a pregnancy to kill a child. I mean, the whole thing was not logically consistent. It wasn't coherent. So what happens if indeed the Supreme Court were to overturn Roe v. Wade? If Roe v. Wade gets overturned and struck down by the Supreme Court as uh, an unconstitutional uh, ruling or a re-reviewed ruling, um, all 50 states would then have an opportunity to really make a determination. Which is why the necessary work of convincing people of the humanity and value of unborn children must continue. It is our prayer that Roe v. Wade be overturned, but it's also our prayer that hearts and minds are changed in the process. We need both sides of this. We need that legislation to, to flip and to really allow the humanity of the unborn to come to life, but we also need hearts and minds to really be awakened to the reality of the human rights issue of our day. America has seen some dark days in recent decades, and the past handful of years could be very discouraging if we don't look at the full picture. The cultural Marxists on the left work day and night to promote their agenda of sexual anarchy, racial division, government incursion into every area of life, and the brainwashing of our children through public education and big tech. But there have been key advances for liberty and biblical truth recently. Voters in blue state Virginia decisively rejected the leftist agenda. The Supreme Court is considering significant challenges to Roe versus Wade. Parents are awakening to the madness of critical race theory and radical transgender ideology being pushed upon their children. To win this battle, 
It's essential to understand the true basis for our liberties, which are rooted in our Creator. That's why we want to send you the formula for freedom in the compelling book, In the Footsteps of Giants, Solutions from the Founders for a Nation Gone Astray. As our thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry proclaim truth and defend freedom. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. Discover anew the wisdom of the founders for today in Jerry Newcomb's book, in the footsteps of giants. And if you are able to give a generous donation of $60 or more, we will send you the book plus the full-length DVD version of this program, Reasons for Hope, Why the Battle for Freedom is Not Over, to which we've added more features and bonus materials not seen in any broadcast, all to inspire you with hope to have hope for your family's future in this great land. This extended version of this program drills down into the cultural pathologies endangering America and reveals the concrete reasons we have for hope for the future. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of God. So be encouraged by the advances for truth and righteousness in the midst of tumultuous times. That's Jerry Newcomb's book, In the Footsteps of Giants, Solutions from the Founders for a Nation Gone Astray, as our thanks for your generous donation. And the book plus the DVD version of this program, Reasons for Hope, with more than an hour of material, including bonus features and exclusive content we did not have time to include in this broadcast as our thanks for your donation of $60 or more. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. Listen. Don't let anyone steal your peace. There really is hope for America. And it begins with the gospel of Jesus Christ and obedience to his great commission. In that commission to his disciples, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Christians should never despair because Jesus Christ is with us and he is king over every earthly ruler. That should be great encouragement for you and me to be salt and light in this culture with joy and with confidence. After all, if God is for us, who can be against us? D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. 
Thanks for joining us for this special program. May God bless you and may God bless America. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.